You probably just heard the bells ring at the quarter of the hour or quarter two. I found the keys this morning to the bell cabinet. I got bored, so I turned them up. It's a dangerous thing when priests find new toys to play with, so we're going to have fun with this. A very blessed Veterans Day weekend to all of you, especially as we commemorate the 100th anniversary of the end of the First World War tomorrow at 11 a.m. Also, a word of tremendous and sincere thanks to our beloved veterans and to all of you who are currently serving in our armed forces. And so I kindly ask, would any veterans or anyone serving the military right now please stand so we can thank you. Any of our veterans, please stand. Thank you for your incredible service, dedication, and love for our dear country. A few words on today's readings. Have you ever noticed how the various readings at Sunday Mass are connected or how they're related? You might be saying, Father, that's your job to figure out. That's why you get paid. But there is actually a very interesting and clear connection between the various readings at Sunday Mass. The first reading, as we know, always comes from the Old Testament. Then we have our psalm from the Old Testament as well, followed by a second reading from the New Testament, typically one of the letters of St. Paul or some other apostle, followed by the gospel. The connection actually that's most intentional, you could say, when they put the readings together many years ago, is the connection between the first reading from the Old Testament and the gospel. That's intentional for one very specific reason, that the first reading from the Old Testament is meant to foreshadow something in the life of Christ, or to put it the other way, something in Jesus' own life is fulfilling something promised in the Old Testament. So if you really want to listen carefully for various connections in the readings, it's important to listen closely to that first reading from the Old Testament, then to see how it connects with the Gospel. That connection is very clear today because there's one, or two you could say, main characters in our Old Testament reading and in our Gospel. In both circumstances, it's a widow. In the Old Testament, from the first book of Kings, the widow of Zarephath. What is her situation? Elijah, the prophet, shows up and says, give me some bread. She says, not only do I not have any bread, but I barely have any oil and I barely have any flour. In fact, if I gave you bread, Elijah, if I gave you oil or if I gave you flour, I wouldn't even have enough to feed my son and thus we would die. Elijah, the prophet of God, says to her, trust me, the Lord will provide for you. Your jug of flour and oil will not run out. And sure enough, she feeds the prophet and she has a year's worth of flour 
and oil. That God fulfills his promise. That God provides for her. Then in the gospel, another widow. This time, she's at the treasury where the Jewish people would go and deposit their money for the temple. And Jesus points out to his apostles this widow who gives essentially two pennies. And Jesus says that while all these other people gave from their surplus wealth, she gave from what? She gave from her poverty. She gave from her whole being. She gave from the sense that this is all I have. So the question I have is what is our Lord getting at here? What does Jesus want us to take away from the fact that he pointed out to his apostles, pay attention to her. Pay attention to what she just did. It seems the fact that Jesus is highlighting this widow, he's highlighting also a common tendency in us. That for many of us, we are tempted to simply give God the leftovers. That we give God what is extra. Our extra time. Our extra energy. Even sometimes our extra resources. But this gospel isn't simply about money. But this gospel is about the fact that we do have that tendency to give God leftovers, to give God the extra thing, the extra minute, the extra day. So what does this look like? Well, if I have extra time, then I'll go to Mass. If I have extra time today, then maybe I'll pray. If I have extra cash, well, you get the picture. What's the struggle with that? That all of a sudden, what are we doing? We're fitting God in. We fit God in. Is that his intention? Is that his desire? Or are we made for more? How about this? What if, imagine if, we gave God our best? Rather than giving him what is extra, rather than giving him leftovers, what would happen if we gave God our very, very best? Imagine. Last week, Jesus says, the great commandment is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we sometimes we think we can do that by giving him the leftovers. May we not just give God what is left over. May we give him what is best.
What does that mean for us? I'm not sure. But I know that we're capable. The human heart is capable. Disciples of Jesus are capable of not giving God the leftovers, but giving God what is best.